Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. According to a report, students are attacking staff members at uh, Hamilton Public Schools more often. Uh, this is an annual report that's done. Uh, student attacks against uh, staff at Hamilton Public Schools were up in all categories, uh, with 42 requiring time off for up to 19, uh, that's up from 19 rather, from the year before. Uh, the report was presented to the Human Resources Committee and shows the bulk of the lost time cases were in elementary schools with educational assistance. Joining us to talk about this is Alex Johnson, who is the trustee for Wards 11 and 12, and also the vice chair of the Hamilton Board of Education. Alex, thanks so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Good morning, Bill. Troubling report, isn't it? It is. I think trustees, um, as well as our staff, are certainly concerned with the numbers, um, but we're also putting, as was highlighted in the article, a number of measures in place in order to ensure that we're we're taking strong action in this area. D- the numbers themselves, obviously, are bothersome, but did, did you get details, Alex, as to what's actually happening here? And, and I know there's probably no two incidents that are the same, but uh, how would you categorize the kind of violence that's going on? So I think what's um, what's important is that this has become an issue that our board, as well as boards across the province, have put a spotlight on. It was an issue that our employee groups, um, as well as employee groups across the province, put a spotlight on in the last two provincial elections. And as a result, there's um, been an increased focus. So here in HWDSB, we've certainly been doing a lot more training in this area and what qualifies is um, an incident that needs to be reported on. And as a result, we, we are seeing more um, better reporting and, um, and we're able to take more action. The incidents themselves, there's a wide variety of, of incidents. It can be anything from... Um, a student perhaps um, throwing, um, uh, throwing, say, a pencil or eraser um, towards an individual, towards a staff person, to um, uh, an incident where the whole class would need to be eva- evacuated. So there's a whole range of incidents that uh, fall into this report. What kind of feedback are you getting from, from teachers and from education assistants on this? I mean, this is a safety issue, clearly. It is, and... Um, we are certainly hearing concerns from our employee groups, and rightly so. I think that, um, as I said, this is an issue that everyone's concerned about, and it's something that our board is looking to work with our partners, um, our employee groups, as well as the province, um, as this is an issue that's not just taking place here in Hamilton, but reports are up of violence in our classrooms across the province. And, you know, it's 2018, and it's an issue that everyone does want to take seriously. Well, absolutely, and, and your point's well taken, by the way. I know we're talking about the Hamilton circumstance here, but this is a province-wide problem uh, that obviously I, I would hope that the ministry is going to be uh, looking at because these numbers are, are, as we mentioned off the top, are rather troubling, and I know that there are similar numbers anyway in other jurisdictions. Uh, and obviously the public safety issue and the student safety issue and the teacher safety issue have to be paramount, you would think. Absolutely. Um, so in the years, I guess the year to come, we're certainly looking at our board to see not only uh, funding for special education maintained, we we're, have been strong advocates here in Hamilton for increased funding for special education. Every year our board looks to top off our special education budget by $2 million. And, um, and that's because we recognize that we need increased supports 
in this area. It's important for all of our students and staff um, to feel safe when they come to school. That's when learning is done best. Well, staffing is an important issue, and, and your point's well taken. Look at it, because I know the Hamilton Board has been very vocal over the last number of years uh, with the ministry about staffing uh, levels, of course, when it comes to this, and especially when it comes to education assistance. Uh, I, I don't know if there's established ratios. I would assume the ministry is working with something like that anyway. But I've heard anecdotally, and I'm sure you have too, Alex, that look at there, there's just not enough bodies in the classroom in supervisory roles. Well, and that's, I mean, we have to, to work with the funding that, uh, that we're given. Um, that's where Hamilton has made special education a priority. And um, so it's working with um, to put people in the classroom. It's also working to put a number of preventative measures in place. Um, I know in one of my schools, Mount Hope, uh, when you walk in, the whole school has been uh, freshly painted. Um, the pink colors, as of a few years ago, there used to be 32 different colors. And the principal there talks about how um, those colors alone could trigger behaviors. Um, so looking at, at things that um, are not always thought of um, outside of the box in terms of what each individual student, what triggers them, how do we prevent it, how do we decrease transitions, um, as that's often a time where we see increased behavior. Um, so looking to, to minimize opportunities for behaviors to take place, and that comes with excellent training and knowing our students. How do you categorize this? Now, obviously, I don't mean you, but I mean the people that are doing the research on this. Uh, in, in, when you talk about a, a, an attack, uh, it conjures up this idea in your mind uh, about somebody who's being physical and assaulting somebody else. And as you mentioned, it might be throwing something, it might be pushing somebody, could happen in any different circumstance. But, of course, also, when we're talking about the realm of education assistance, uh, you're talking about special needs children who some may be on the autism spectrum. Others could have other uh, issues that they're dealing with at the same time, uh, which increases the risk. Now, are those numbers also included in, in the statistics we're talking about here? So I think it's important to note that um, a violent incident report does not necessarily mean that there was an incidence of workplace violence mm -hmm. based on the Ministry of Labor definition. So what this is, is it's a mechanism to collect information on the incident that has occurred in the school system, and it's so that we can investigate it properly and then take um, corrective steps to ensure um, that... Uh, uh, that that doesn't happen again or to minimize the opportunity for it to happen again. So it's, it really can be a variety of incidences. Um, I think that you're correct. The terminology can be quite frightening. At the same time, this bill is a serious matter. And um, uh, you know, perhaps behaviors in years, you know, in the past um, were acceptable. It's no longer tolerated in 2018. And that's where we want to make sure that our schools are extremely safe, and um, that uh, that's where we're working with our partners. Are there are there province-wide standards, Alex, that, uh, that the board can lean on and and, and use a, a protocol that's established? I, I would think especially for education assistants who usually have uh, more of a hands-on approach with some of the special needs students. Our staff absolutely do rely on ministry set standards, um, and with that, though, each board has the ability to enhance. So that's where we have at HWDSB focused on training, um, focused on providing um, those different supports and resources, um, as well as ensuring that our um, school principals are providing um, uh, a heavy, I guess, supportive role to our EAs, to our classroom teachers, and 
supporting um, the relationship in that classroom. I imagine there's an ongoing dialogue, too, with uh, parents and, and staff, teachers and, and, and the education assistants uh, about some of the students, they, uh, probably even on a daily basis, because, I mean, their their condition, attitudes, et cetera, can change almost daily. Absolutely, and that's where you saw um, over the last um, year where we had our priority schools report put forward um, an increased focus on uh, what we consider to be our high needs and um, um, medium needs schools. And with that, our superintendents are in our schools, um, especially our priority schools more frequently. Um, We are changing um, how we focus our resources across the board, and we are seeing the results of I guess, in return. So um, that's where we are seeing some increases with our student learning and achievement, and we hope to also uh, continue to see gains when it comes to ensuring safety in our classroom. Uh, I, I was intrigued by the, the mention you just gave about repainting uh, the classrooms in, in one of the schools up on your districts, uh, because this has taken on a whole different approach now. The, the, the psychology of this whole thing has changed dramatically, hasn't it, in the last number of years? That I, I mean, we do know that, for instance, that even colors, uh, the color of walls, uh, the kind of lighting, etc., can have an impact on, on some of these students. Absolutely. And our board put together a manual for all of our schools as we're rolling out um, repairs and renovations and renewal to all of our schools across the system, and we have a master plan. Um, Part of that includes how we design our buildings so that um, they are not only accessible in terms of ways that we often think about in terms of wheelchair accessibility, but also that it's promoting a calm, soothing environment. Um, So everything from the colors that we pick to um, the lighting that's in place, um, how how the buildings are structured to promote um, um, a reduction of echoing um, and a reduction in uh, sound um, so that it's uh, quiet. All of that is very important, and um, that's built into our manual. And as we continue to roll out our renewal of all of our schools, um, soon they will they will all be up to date in that regard. Well, I know some of your schools have actually incorporated, uh, I guess for lack of a better expression, quiet rooms uh, where the lighting is dimmed, and it's, a, a, I guess, a place for a sort of a timeout if if uh, it looks like there could be a concern and a problem. But obviously there are, ti- there are space limitations. I guess you can't do that in every school, can you? Um. We do. Um, We do have those spaces available for all of our students. Um, There's different models. So uh, one-time snoozeling rooms were um, all the rage, um, as well as uh, there's, I guess, different models across the system. Um, Each school is um, based on meeting the current school's population and their needs. And so with that... um, um, one of the, I guess, strongest things, too, is to teach self-advocacy, so helping the student to understand what their needs are in the moment. Um, and so when they are starting to feel anxiety, it's for them to, to let a caring adult know, and um, so that caring adult can assist them whether that needs to, that's um, leading to go to a quiet room or to... Um, just assist them in finding some quiet space within the classroom. Alex, what about the ratio? I, I mean, obviously, ideally, you'd like to have a one-to-one with a, a, an educational assistant and, and, a, and a student. Uh, and I know that there was a time where that just wasn't possible because the funding wasn't there. Has that situation improved? 
So um, we did increase our EAs um, over the last um, over the last two years, and uh, with that, though, there certainly there's not the ability to have a, an EA for every single um, child that has been identified. And nor would I say that that's the full solution. I think that um, when we're looking at how do we best support our students? Um, again, there's many mechanisms. So reducing the number of transitions, as we know that that often is very stressful. Um, so for some of our students, um, they may go straight to the principal's office in the morning and ha- spend some quality time with the principal. They may help with the announcements before transitioning into their classroom because being in the hallways might be a little bit too busy for them and um, provoke a trigger first thing in the morning. Um, so it's about knowing our students, um, looking for ways to help them to address the situation. That's not always having one-to-one. That said, um, I think that a lot of folks uh, would feel, a lot of parents, whether they have a child with special needs or not, that um, that there certainly is a greater need for more EAs. Um, but at this time, um, that's... Um, with the funding that we receive from the province, um, uh, we are, I guess, we're not able to increase that level any further. Well, speaking of money, and I don't want to get too political, I guess maybe I do want to get political here, and let's do it anyway. Uh, what you're talking about doing, and, and you know, the board's got some very innovative plans here, but of course it's going to take money, uh, and it's in some cases going to involve retrofitting a lot of the older schools, and I know you've got a lot of them in your districts uh, that you're representing. They all do, I suppose, right across the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the announcement about cutting the, uh, the cap-and-trade program and that money that was supposed to go to the boards of education uh, would have gone a long way towards addressing a lot of the stuff you just talked about here. That's that's going to be a monumental challenge for your board and every board across the province. So I think boards across the province, and especially here in Hamilton, we are looking to highlight the direct impact that cuts make to education, and um, and it, it has a direct impact on students. So our board has a long-term facilities master plan uh, where we have um, been continuously rolling out school renewal, um, we are partway through that plan, and um, to to remove those dollars, it's not just a delay in the aesthetics of the building, but it actually has a direct and immediate impact on student learning and achievement. And that's um, those are the stories that we will be highlighting. Uh, right now, um, we did lose some funding in uh, July. Um, that said, uh, we are still on track with our long-term facilities master plan. If further cuts were, uh, were to be made, we would be very concerned and we would be going back to the ministry to express those concerns. Well, and you're only one of many voices, obviously, that are going to be doing that. I think a lot of people were caught off guard by this. It's, it's difficult when, when the board tries to plan out four, five, six years into the future, uh, and you're, you're counting on funding sources that the government says are available. Then you get a change of government, and then, you know, it's almost like you get the carpet pulled out from under you right now because uh, you still want to go through with the plan, and, and your your point's well taken here. Uh, this is not, fr- you know, f- the extra frills you're putting on here. It's not like a big screen TV in every room. We're talking about retrofitting these uh, to make them wheelchair accessible, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of those plans are, I'm not going to say they're going to be put on hold right now, but it's going to be a lot harder for your board and every board to reach your goals and your targets. So we're not we're not there yet, Bill. So I, I wouldn't. Um, um, I think that it's it's a concern that all boards across the province are certainly talking about that. Um, um, 
if there were to be cuts, um, how how would we respond? But we're not there yet. And um, um, despite the loss of um, um, the Green Energy Grant in July, we are still on track to meet our school renewal needs, and uh, and we look forward to um, to having a positive relationship with the province. I think that um, I think the province as well. Um, they. I would hope that they would also be very understanding and appreciative of the direct impact on students. And um, certainly, while they're looking to save money, they would also be um, looking to to reduce that impact. So that's where I think there's going to be um, uh, those conversations. Um, if they do need to happen in the future, the focus will certainly first and foremost be about the students and how do we ensure that their learning needs are being met. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. I would like to think that's going to be the goal of the ministry. And, and we're kind of in a, a, a holding pattern here. I mean, the government's announced that that money's not going to be available. And, and that's good news that it's not having a direct impact on the board right now. But we, they haven't done a budget yet, so we don't even know where money is going to be allocated. And I guess until that shoe drops, we're, we're kind of just guessing or speculating what might happen and hoping, I guess, for all the the, the good things. We are, and what I can say is that our board has been um, extremely diligent when it comes to balancing our budget. So an interesting fact, school boards are the only level of government that must balance their budgets each and every single year. And with that, um, we I can say that with our board, um, especially over the last two terms, we've worked very diligently to... Um, improve efficiencies. Um, we have had we have annual audits uh, that take place, and um, in in terms of where we are fiscally right now, I can say that we're we're operating a very tight ship. Um, so with that, um, I think that uh, I think that if the ministry was to look to see if there was extra fat to cut, so to speak, that they would find that our school board and certainly a lot of other school boards across the province are doing a very good job and uh, perhaps our models to other other ministries and other systems across Ontario. Certainly hope so. Alex, uh, thanks so much for the update and the clarity on this. appreciate the time today. Thank you. Alex Johnson, of course, who is the uh, vice chair of the Hamilton Board of Education and trustee for Wards 11 and 12. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.